Hello, I'm John Perry. And I'm Ken Taylor. Coming up after the news, it's Philosophy Talk. Today, nature versus nurture. Oh, John Locke, uh, John, said that the human mind starts out as a blank slate and experience, or nurture writes in all the details. Details of beliefs, personalities, and habits, that's an inviting picture, Ken, but I'm afraid science is telling us it's not so. The slate isn't so blank. We come hardwired for language. Our moral sense, whether we're naughty or nice, how intelligent we are, our personalities, it's all right there in the genes. Oh my God, I think I like John Locke's vision better. That means I could become anything I want with a you know, proper scheduling of the environment. I, I, I'm, I'm getting depressed by all this. Well, don't get too depressed. Let's see how you feel by the end of the hour, Ken. Nature versus nurture when Philosophy Talk continues after the news. Welcome to Philosophy Talk, the program that questions everything. Except your intelligence. I'm John Perry. And I'm Ken Taylor. We're coming to you from the studios of 91.7 FM, KALW, San Francisco's oldest and most innovative public radio station. And we're happy to be here, but we carry on conversations that we start down at Philosopher's Corner on the Stanford campus. And today our conversation is about nature versus nurture, John. So, so Ken, nature versus nurture, is that mostly to do with individuals? I mean, is it like uh, uh, how, how much of my personality and intelligence is, is pre-wired into me or, or how much I could develop on my own? Just kind of a thing about individuals, is that right? Well, uh, I mean, there is a kind of, there's two kinds of nativism, at least two. I mean, there's actually, I once read something where they said 10 versions of nativism or something like that. But you can have a nativism of individual differences. Why are you more... I don't know, wise, intelligent than me. It's in our genes. Differences between us are explained by differences in our genes, at least to some substantial part. That's that's one kind of nativism. <laughs> well, I, I you're get, laughing. Well, I get my genes at Mervyn's, and I don't see why you couldn't get yours there, too. <laughs> yeah, but. and you're wondering if I'm really sincere about that, too, aren't you? No, I have no doubt that you're insincere <laughs> about that. Okay. And then the second, uh, another kind of nativism is uh, nativism of, let's call them, universals of human nature. I mean, there's something that distinguishes us human beings from chimpanzees and that's arguably in our genes why do we learn language why do we build uh, complex social lives why are, why do we have morality uh why do we do science because they are kind of native genetic endowments you know arguably that we all share so there's nativism about universals of human nature and there's nativism about individual differences well uh, ken unless i misunderstand what you're saying it looks like a, as kind of a basic wishy-washy liberal i've got two reasons to be depressed here one is uh, I would like to believe in the improvability of human nature, but it sounds like if it's all just hardwired into us, there's not much we can do about that. We'll just always be kind of rapacious, uh, destructive, violent uh, things. And I'd also like to believe that each each person can rise to whatever height they aspire to if they're willing to work hard. But it sounds like I'm wrong about that too. This is pretty depressing stuff. Well, I don't know. I mean, if you're a, if you're a nativist, if you're not, first of all, take the nativism of of individual differences. It doesn't say that everything is determined by your genes. Although you know, there's a sliding scale. Maybe maybe it's partly determined by your genes, partly determined by the environment. What's the what's the ratio? You know, that's a that's an empirical question that people investigate. If and maybe the environment like plays a huge role. Even I mean, maybe it plays fifty percent of the role, but the role that it plays is a big difference maker. And the same thing could be true at the universals of human nature. I, I, I suppose since Locke wrote, we've got some better metaphors to work with. He just had the blank slate, but we've got computers, so I can say now, look, Ken, 
Uh, do I come like with an operating system, or or is all of Microsoft Word loaded into me? Mm -hmm. I mean, just how how settled are things inside of me when I'm the day I'm born? Uh, that's a good question. You know, to answer that question, one way you can start to answer that question is look at kids, because what do they start out with? What is what is their sort of intrinsic equipment like? And you know what, our uh, Amy, uh, roving philosophical reporter Amy Standen, she wandered to a place where there are lots of kids, a uh, preschool. Uh, she files this report. Grant, are you still cutting? Hello. Because Marlo would like a turn to cut. Push it. You don't have to go back and forth. Just push no. it. You want one of those, too. I understand. I sort of see that it's human nature to get what you oh, need you by any means necessary. Too. If that means grabbing something or hitting somebody over the head with something or creating a diversion, then they will do it until they learn to use their words and to talk to their friends and ask for a turn. Leah Meekin teaches preschool at 150 Parker in San Francisco. I've been doing this for almost 10 years, and I find that every year it's almost the same. A lot, a lot of chopping. Let's give Marlo a turn with the cutting board and the knife. And most children are very egocentric because the, you know, the world revolves around them. And so when they come to school, this is when they start to learn they're not the only person around and that we do need to start talking with one another and sharing things and being, um, being mindful of other people and other things that are around. Sort of help them learn the skills, the empathy skills, the abstract ideas that people are existing outside, away from, out of your view, basically. School helps kids find their way out of what seems like an innate sense of solipsism. Other aspects of their behavior seem even more hardwired. For instance, personality. On the day I visited, some kids were so shy they could barely muster a whisper. Others, like this kid, had no such inhibitions. I think you're absolutely born with who you are and you know some children are very serious and sometimes that doesn't change you know we have clowns and very intellectual types and you know from the very beginning we see that even at three and I think that those things can be affected by outside influence but I do believe that you you come a certain way I, I have been doing this for a long time and I have been able to see children who are, you know, who have grown up and for me personally, when I see them, I see the same qualities that they had when they were children. The same sort of general core person is the same. They have more information, they have more experience, but um, they seem to be very much the same. They have the same sort of spirit about them and, and interests and those kinds of things. They've just grown and, and become more fulfilling. For Philosophy Talk, this is Amy Standen. You can listen to the rest of this program by purchasing it at iTunes Music. Or for unlimited listening, become a subscriber at philosophytalk.org.